0: Welcome to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. We hope and pray this message challenges and inspires you to live out God's truth in your life. Have you ever had a season in your life where it just felt like your struggle was that you knew God's promises. You knew that he promised never to leave you or forsake you. You knew his promise that, you know, when, when you when you obey him, it's so much easier to love him. And when you love him, it's so much easier to obey him. I mean, you're, you had seasons in your life where you feel like, man, I am all in with the goodness and the promise of God. But then don't you have seasons, I know I do, where I have seasons like I just struggle because the, the humanity in me, Kind of says, okay, come on, Lord, and, and I want to advance his timing in my life sometimes, and it just feels like, okay, I, it's like, you know when you're a kid and you played the game sorry, and sometimes you hit the right square that it would catapult your, your little deal like six or seven blocks ahead? I feel like that's my life when I am walking in and trusting in. And in my life, I feel like I am trusting and living in the promise of God. But then there are other times in my life, and I feel like I've kind of been there for the last couple of months, to be honest with you, where I feel like I drew the card and the card said, you got to go backward. You know what I mean? Because it feels to me like, and I think I could prove this in my own life, that when I'm trusting in God, when I'm spending time with him every day, when, I, when, I, when I'm believing that his timing is for my good and for the good of the kingdom, when I, when I really trust and believe in his promises, what I find is I'm, I'm being catapulted forward. And when I have seasons of doubt, then what happens is it feels like I drew the card that calls me to go backward in my life. I've admitted to you guys before that there are times in my life where I'm out on the bleeding edge of depression, where I I can go off that cliff pretty clearly. But what I have discovered is my fastest route back, rather than staying there, my fastest route back is to be, be able to recognize that God's promises are constantly being fulfilled, that God has never failed me. I have simply, I'm the one that wandered away. And he is always there. It's like the story of, of the prodigal son where the, the dad in the story is a picture of, of a holy heavenly father who in my, in my mess up, in my doubt, in my disbelief, when I've wandered from him and I come home just like the people of Israel, just like the prodigal son, a loving heavenly father wraps me up, forgives me when I ask him to forgive me, and promises to give me life in abundance. Now I look at all that and I think to myself, my stars, why then would you ever wander? Why would you ever, why would you wander like that away from the promises of God, from from the scriptures? Why why would you do that? I mean, Chuck, you're a reverend. How could you let that happen? You know what happens in my life because all of a sudden I make me the focal point of my life, and I don't make others my focal point, or more importantly, I don't make Jesus the focal point, which means I have put him in a secondary priority in my heart. And when I do that, I'm just like the people of Israel. I wander. Think about it. Moses, God calls Moses to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt where they've been in bondage and slavery, making more bricks with less straw. And, 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 and God says, Moses, go do this. Now, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Joshua chapter 4. This is, this is one of those pivotal moments in the Bible where it really helps define not just their faith then, but our faith today. I mean, it's a highly relevant piece of Scripture. You know, in those seasons I was talking about, remember that these people have been wandering in the desert away from Egypt. For 40 years, all right, four decades, they've seen people die along the way. They've seen people drop over out of the way. They've seen people with unbelievable health problems along the way. And along the way, things constantly had to change. We're hungry. We want manna. God, we're tired of manna. We're thirsty. I mean, God, we want meat. I mean, we're just whiners, you know? And, And every time I read the story, the exodus of the people of Israel, I realize how incredibly they're just like me. I mean, we have a season where, Lord, we love you with all our heart and our mind and our soul, and we're all in, and then all of a sudden it's like a day comes and everything that you planned didn't work out that way, and you're just like, I'm full of doubt, and I'm full of lack of faith instead of faith, and I wander. I may be the only one in the room that has that problem, but I don't think so. I think it's a picture of most of us, where we have this season in which we're wandering and we're going back on the sorry board, but this is one of those climactic events in the Old Testament and in all of Scripture because behind them, the people of Israel have left miracle after miracle after miracle. These are the people that when God parted the Red Sea, they walked on dry ground and got away fr- from Pharaoh. Same people. Same people when hungry, manna, which by the way, I think is, is, is Hebrew for Krispy Kreme. I mean, seriously. Seriously. I'm I'm guessing that at some point they couldn't handle it anymore. But think about it. The Lord gave them everything they could ever want. The Lord gave them freedom. And at some point they said, Moses, we'd we'd rather do something else than follow you. But constantly the Lord had to use Moses to bring them back away from, from worshiping idols, away from selfishness and sinfulness. Come back. God has promised us this promised land. God has promised that we're going to get there, and here they are. After 40 years, they're finally there. They're literally on the banks of the river, and they can see across the river. It is no longer some dream. It is no longer maybe God will come through. God has brought them to the river. Now, when they're at the river, if you you study history and Bible together, you're going to find that they came to a river where most likely it was at its highest level. I mean, it, it, it was flowing with plenty of water, and it was flowing in a hurry. And, and they didn't know how deep it was. They didn't know what was lurking for them underneath it. They didn't know what was in the bulrushes around it. But they knew to get where God wanted them to be, they would have to cross the river. Now, the problem is, to cross the river in that state, you're going to lose a lot of people because it was deep enough to drown in, and it was fast enough to carry away. And so what we find here is a a new and welcome chapter that lies before them that's richer than their dreams, more fruitful than their hopes, and more beautiful than their imagination. Now it's theirs by God's steadfast promise. They are there because God has fulfilled his promise to these people. Now, you look at that and say, okay, Chuck, what does that have to me? Well, hang in there because to be the fulfillment of an ancient promise that was made to Father Abraham... Father Abraham who had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them and so are you. And now they're there. The promise is being fulfilled. The 12 tribes of Israel have gathered and they need to cross the Jordan to get to the place. They need to get to a land flowing with milk and honey, but there's a river in the way. And I would imagine there had to have been people there. There must have been song and dance, and there must have been exhilaration and happiness and joy, and there must have been a camp that said, we can't make it. How are we ever going to get there? I knew we were going to wind up here. I knew this was a slippery slope. I knew we weren't going to get it done. I'm sure the political forces somewhere and all that, they all started to get together, and they made hats that said, make Israel great again. I mean, I'm sure it all happened. But you see, those folks face the same thing we have. Let me ask you a question. What's your river? What is your impassable river? Because you see, your impassable river might need, as a matter of fact, probably needs, let me go a little further, surely needs the impossible nature of God to get you past whatever your river is. Maybe your river is caring for aging parents. Maybe your river are children that are driving you nuts and are wandering. You can't get them back in the fold. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your best friend. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your money. Maybe it's your health. I could just go on and on, couldn't I? What is your river? There they were. The river was in the way. Let me stop and say, if indeed there were political forces that were trying to make Israel great again, they need the same thing we need. You see... we're not going to get America great again on the backs of Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. We're going to get back America great again when we turn our heart and our mind and our soul toward a loving God who says, please return to me. And that's where we're going to get to. But I can promise you that there was that camp in there going at it and the scripture gets really cool. Take a look beginning in in, in chapter 4, verse 1, where where God gives Joshua some very specific instructions, and I believe this is highly relatable to you and to me, all right? So, in Joshua chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, after the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua. Now, let's stop right there. So, what we already know is God did the same thing in this river that God did with the Red Sea. He parted it so that they could walk into the land he promised, right? But there was a hitch. You see, the the water, this time, Moses didn't part that water through the power of God with upheld hands or with a staff. God parted these waters when the people carrying the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, in the hands of the priest, he didn't part that water until they stepped into the water. You see... What God said to them is, I need you to trust me along the way. And while it may seem impassable, I specialize in the impossible. And so, literally, those priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant stepped into the water as it was rushing past, and God dammed it up and stopped it, and the ground became dry for them to walk across it. And then everything that they were fearful of that they didn't know was underneath that water, now they knew. And they walked with confidence across the river. Now, I, I don't want you to miss this because this is really a big deal. And the Lord spoke to Joshua Choose 12 men from the people, one man from each tribe, and command them take 12 stones from this place in the middle of the Jordan where the priest's feet are standing, carry them with you, and set them down at the place where you spend the night. So, watch this. We've crossed the river. God says to Joshua, pick 12 dudes, one from each of the 12 tribes of Judah, have each of them gather a stone. And these stones would have been the kind of stones that they got out of the riverbed. They would would have on their own built an altar, as God said, from the rocks that at one time seemed impossible to get to. So the 12 guys, they start collecting the rocks and they start building the altar. Now you say, Chuck, I, I was hanging in there with you until you got the altar-making thing. What is the deal about the altar? Well, you see, what, what Joshua told them to do, number one, was what God had told him to do. God said, go get those 12 stones. And by the way, if you've ever ridden by a 12-stone church up the road from us and wondered why do they call their church 12 stone, now you know. And so, these guys, leaders from the 12 tribes, They grab these stones, and they start building an altar where there was no altar. Because remember, stones like this, they don't get stacked by by nature. Stones like this get stacked by people. And so, God instructed them, and then he told them why. You see, once this altar got built, now you say, what am I going to do with this altar? What do you do at an altar? Now watch this. Some of us need to stop and build an altar. We need to build an altar for the same reason God told them to. We need to build an altar so that we can remember what God has done, knowing the promise of what God will do is always fulfilled. You see, I believe many of us, especially me, if, you, if, if you're prone, like the old hymn, if you're prone to wander, if, if, if you're prone to, to lack faith or, or find yourself where you don't know where to go, don't know what to do, I believe we need to build an altar to remind us that God is faithful in his promises. The Lord is faithful to his people. The Lord will make your crooked path straight. This is what he does. He takes the impassable and makes it probable. He takes the impassable and makes it possible. He takes the impassable and delivers on his promise to get you on the other side. You say, well, then Chuck, what's, what's the meaning of the altar? All over the Middle East, when you travel over the Holy Land, you'll see altars that are that high. You'll see altars that are six feet high. And when you see them, you know what it is? That when people cross by that way, they'll remember the goodness of God. They'll remember that God delivered. So he goes on and says, okay, wherever wherever you spend the night, get those 12. So Joshua does exactly what God told him to. Buried, unreachable, covered by a challenge to the faith of God's people, now divinely accessible, and an altar is built. Now, they were stacked as a sign, and that sign was an unmistakable marker at the very place where God had demonstrated his power to overcome any obstacle in his will. Can you see where in your house you need an altar to remind yourself of the goodness of God? Can, can you see where, where you work? You need to be reminded of the goodness of God. I believe there are, there's a time we need, we need to build a few altars in our life. But you know, like I mentioned, they, these stones, they don't stack by themselves. We do that. But, but you say, well, Chuck, I'd like to know a little bit more about these stones. Okay, let's go down to verse 7. And what we're finding is that God wants the next generation to know of his love and his faithfulness. So parents, this is why you build an altar. Tell them the story, says God, of how the waters of the Jordan were cut off in front of the ark of the Lord's covenant when it crossed the Jordan. The Jordan's waters were indeed cut off. And Then jump down to verse 23. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you. Until you had crossed over, just as the Lord your God did the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. This is so that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is mighty, and so that you may always fear the Lord. This is what happens when the impossible meets the promises of God. So I'll ask you again what river seems impassable in your life? Because God specializes in taking you to the point in which you could build an altar to remember that he fulfilled his promise in your life. And the only thing required for God to fulfill his promise in your life is your ability to be able to say, God, I need you. I can do nothing apart from you, but I can do anything with you and so, I want to take my life. I want to take all my selfishness. I want to take all my sin. And, and I, I, I want to trust that to you, knowing that you can and will forgive me, knowing that you can and will deliver me, know that you can carry me across my river, whatever that is, in the midst of my divorce, in the midst of my cancer, in the midst of trying to care for my mom, in the midst of my marriage, in the midst of being out of a job, in the midst of financial tragedy. You say, well, well Chuck... what? Shouldn't this speak to all of us? It really should. It ought to remind us, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor over in vain. Now, where does that come from? Psalm 127.1. But you know, buried inside this little book called Zechariah, in chapter four, verse six, listen to this. Not by strength or by might, but by my spirit, says Lord of hosts. God is saying, when you build an altar, you're doing something pretty amazing. You're saying that God not only fulfilled his promises, but he filled the promises that have been written down and passed down from generation to generation to generation, and that's why all of this is highly applicable to your life. It's applicable in the concept that you can build an altar and celebrate as a reminder all that God has done for you. And when your day falls apart, you can be sure, I remember when my faith was that strong. From start to finish, from every dollar given to every child baptized into faith, from every song that is sung to every student receiving a backpack full of food for their family, for every group that meets in somebody's home or on this campus to grow spiritually, to every Haitian boy and girl who gets to go to bed with a full tummy. From every man who shows up at Man Church and every lady that shows up for Bible study. From every school that needs our help to refuge coffee in Clarkston. From Kenya to Cuba to Guatemala and to Haiti and to Sugar Hill, Georgia. Let's never forget it's all about him. Idols are not about us. Altars are not about us. This altar is about him. This altar isn't for you to remind yourself how great you are. This altar is to remind yourself how great he is. These altars, they're not about us. They're, They're all about him. But you know what else it does? It affirms the fact that God has a plan for our life. Joshua chapter 4 and verse 24. He did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful, and so you might fear the Lord, your God, forever. This fear is what we talked about last week, where, where we're literally saying, God, I am so in awe of what you've done for me, for all that you are. I mean, you've flung the stars into space with your voice. You, you knew me before I was, I was even formed in my mom's womb. You have a plan for me that is, that is for me let's never forget it's about him. He he has a purpose for our life. Joshua chapter 4 and verse 24 says that. So, let's don't don't be confused here. I mean, we are here. Sugar Hill Church exists not to make us comfortable, not to make us proud, but we're here for the glory of God and the sharing of the life-giving message of Jesus our Lord. Every time you send a backpack home, you know what you're saying. Jesus loves you. Every time you walk into a church in Cuba that's in this little house church, you're doing it for the glory of God. Every time that those folks that care for AIDS in Kenya have another person give their life to Christ, this is what it's all about. And these stones are to remind us that. But, you know, the other thing that these altars remind us that you got to keep changing if you're going to go with God. You see, while God is the same yesterday, today, and forever— He is constantly calling us to be on the move. He is constantly telling us those stones that he said, go build that altar for. They were a reminder of not just when that water dried up. They were a reminder of the stripes on their back when the Egyptians were beating them for making bricks. It was a reminder that God sent his servant Moses to lead them out because at a burning bush, it was not consumed. They were the ones that came through the plagues unscathed. They were the ones that God parted the Red Sea. They were the ones when hungry, God provided manna. They were the ones that when they got to the Jordan, God parted the waters yet again. You see, the stories and the stones out of the Jordan marked the movement of God and his people. They speak of the willingness of a people to leave what they'd known in order to go with God, to face the challenges ahead, to their faith, to step into the water, to believe in what they couldn't see. Yeah, they messed up. Yeah, they doubted. Yeah, they wandered. I mean, they blew it just like us. And yet the Lord was still faithful. I want you to hear me, church. Between the reality of the dream God had planted in their hearts and where we are now, there stands some daunting boundaries. And there seems to be some impassable rivers. Things that we can't humanly see how God would possibly do, but we believe he's faithful. I believe it's time to venture out and let God do what only God can do. See, when you look at this memorial, it's about God and his glory. It's about the the gospel purpose for which we exist. So today, what is it that's in front of you? What's impassable that God can make possible? Because see, that's what he specializes in. And what he invites each of us to is to be able to live and walk and trust in him and he made this way to do it. He looked at us and recognized just like the Israelites, man, these people are in bondage, they're in slavery. Well, Chuck, I'm not in bondage, I'm not in slavery. You know, I've, we're all addicts, we're sin addicts. We, we go through life and we just break our heavenly father's dad's heart in our life and our selfishness and our sin. And God says, I'm going to send I'm gonna send my son Jesus so that he can die for you and you don't have to kill calves anymore, you don't have to kill sheep and goats anymore. You, you don't have to take the lives of, of birds anymore because I'm going to send you my son. He's going to die for you and his blood's going to be shed on a cross for you that you might have life in abundance today and life eternal forever. And all he says is, tell you what, you, when you believe that and ask, ask the Lord to come into your life, he's faithful and just to do that. So in, instead of having every head, I closed and every head bowed, I, I want every head up and I is just right here for a minute. Maybe today you'd say, you know what, Chuck, that's what I need. I, I need. I need to get this week started off in the right way, and I, I, I need to build a few altars. But, Chuck, to do that, i got to trust that I'm, I'm going to believe God's best for me. I'm going to walk with him. I'm going to listen to that five-minute-a-day podcast to kind of get a jump start in Scripture. I'm going to start being in the Scripture every, every day this week. I, I'm going to find something that I can do with my life to serve other people. Lord, I want to be with you. I'm going to push the green button on my cell phone that has a hotline to God, and I'm not pushing the red button until I'm asleep. I'm going to walk with God. If, if that's your desire today, that's your prayer today, maybe for the first time, just raise your hand. Every, every head's up, every eye's open. Yeah, yeah all over the room. Yeah, so, so what I'd say to you is, okay, if we really believe that the Lord will part that, that river in your life, go live like it. Go trust him in it. This week, I kind of came out of my funk with the recognition I can, I can trust God. He has never let me down. It, it didn't always happen on my time. But it always happened in his perfect timing and he is more than faithful let's pray god we love you thank you for loving us thank you for giving us away out of bondage just like you did the people of israel god forgive us when we turn into spiritual whiners and we forget all the goodness that you've done in our life god for every person that would say chuck i i want to call the lord into my life i want to ask him to forgive me of my sins and I I want to ask him to come be the Lord of my life, and I want to make make a U-turn of my life. I want to live for him and not me anymore. Lord, give them great courage and faith to live that out, to be able to follow the Lord and believers' baptism, and, and that they might walk this week with the knowledge and the awareness that you are right there with them. Lord, thank you for that promise, how it's fulfilled and always fulfilled in love. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church podcast. For more information and to find out more about our church, please visit us at sugarhillchurch.com.